What is happening? You are happening. All right. Uh, CGS News episode 55. Uh, 55. I think, yeah, it's 55. Um, we come into you live, except not. We are recording <laughs> this on Saturday the 13th, but you're probably listening to this on Monday the 15th. Uh, Thanksgiving is not this coming week, but the next week, so it is an all irrelevant comment. Um, yep. kind of a, kind of a spicy week this week, if I do say so myself, especially in the wake of electric cars and environmental stuff. And, Definitely. and also the, uh, story that we're going to open with also just absolutely put flavor on top and i'm going to put my phone into do not disturb good idea um anyway the acura integra you know we've been talking about it for quite a long time now i think it's been like almost three months since we since we first mentioned it um we now have a full view of the car because they showed a full prototype of the car no interior but the exterior and well as expected it looks pretty much like a civic because it's based on the civic chassis and there's some design changes like the the integra logos embossed into the front and rear bumper and um the grill's a bit different because it's an acura but other than that it looks pretty much like a civic uh, and that's not really a bad thing to be honest because i like the current generation of civic and um I think this is pretty good. So, what we do know about it is it's expected to cost around $30,000. It's going to have, at least the starting base is going to have about the same trim as the Civic Si. So, the same um, 1.5 liter turbo straight four making about 200 and something horsepower. I don't remember what. Uh, it will have an automatic option. Like the Civic Si, the Civic Si only came in manual, uh, but the Integra will come in manual or automatic. The automatic is likely to be some kind of CVT. We don't know for sure yet. And um, when we get more information, we will tell you about it. But for now, we know, I mean, it looks like a Civic. And to be honest, that's not really a problem. I need a funny word that starts with an N. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I'd but not not the one. first one. Not the first one. The pops and you had another one. <laughs> uh, numbskull. All right. Uh, someone was trying to text me acronyms for words, and I'd made up a sandwich. Um, nice. So I'm gonna put my phone down now. Uh, Good job. Subaru has come out with a electric crossover SUV. Based on the Toyota BZ4X. Now, uh, one might call this the return favor uh, for the BRZ GR86. Uh, Toyota gets to copy the BRZ, so Subaru uh, gets themselves a crossover electric SUV. This car, known as the Solterra, which is sun and moon in Latin or something like that, I don't know. Uh, Pushes at around 215 horsepower, which is eh. Um, and this bad boy got the plastic fenders that look so ugly on every car, and I don't know why it's a thing now. Um, 
Yeah, it's pretty much all the information that is out on this car. Obviously, it's not meant to be a race thing, so we don't have, like, you know, race numbers. Uh, yeah, uh, it's definitely going to be an electric vehicle that people might or might not buy. Nice. It, it depends on whether or not you want the Toyota version. Yeah. yeah. And no, no prices or anything are out for that or anything like that quite yet. Nice. Well, in other news... BMW's CEO has been speaking about Tesla and their... Since BMW is now entering into the electric car market, it only makes sense that they join in on the fun and make fun of Tesla as well. Um, BMW has called out Tesla in a certain manner. We'll call it respectful for now. Um, <laughs> That's a word. Yeah. BMW has mentioned that Tesla and BMW differ, is what they said, on quality and reliability standards. Now, we'll we'll just read, we'll get into that in a second, and by a second I mean right now, because <laughs> Tesla, according to JD Power, ranks fourth worst of reliability of all cars on the market. Just above Land Rover, Alfa Romeo, and Jaguar at a score of 176. Let's go, bottom. But it's for, to be expected context, of Jaguar. This score, the way it's calculated is, it's literally, they take, um, what is it, what is it called? They take, um, so this score is actually based on 2018 Tesla's performance because, um, the 2018 Tesla, basically what they do is they take how many cars were sold in 2018 by Tesla. And then they wait three years, and after three years, they compare um, per 100 cars, how many problems were reported to uh, a dealership or whatever. Now... The way the score is calculated is it's literally just how many problems were per 100 cars. So when your score is over 100, that means there was more every three years. When it's over 150, that means it's averaging at least one and a half problems per car. But when you get 176, you're getting dangerously close to that 200 mark. <laughs> now, here's the problem. Tesla doesn't actually allow JD Power to um to actually like investigate them. They they do it they do what's known as telling them they can't talk to their customers. Now JD Power does this thing and says, Yeah, we're JD Power, we're gonna do it anyway. Um but because of that, Tesla isn't actually officially ranked by JD Power. They just give out a score and say you can put them wherever you want. Um, but that score lines up with fourth, fourth worst on their entire graph. Now, BMW, on the other hand, um, uh, kind of makes sense that we would talk about what they're doing, considering they're the, the ones calling people out. Uh, BMW is ranked... Um, where? What happened to my script? It went away. My computer is breaking. Let's open that back up. BMW is ranked 10th best in reliability out of total 35 companies that are ranked by GD Power. And that's 13 points better than the industry average. Um, the industry average is 121. BMW ranks as 108. Um, 
so I mean, they have some definite credibility to be calling Tesla out for not um, really aligning with BMW's standards for, let's say, reliability present in in the present day. It hasn't been that in historical numbers, but they've definitely made some strides to improve, and their quality their quality, unlike the reliability, is definitely their quality. Yeah, I can't speak. It's all right. And um, just just go get in a BMW and then get in a Tesla and tell me which one feels nicer. Uh, you'll have your answer. <laughs> anyway, speaking of random things that don't make sense, me rambling on for multiple minutes. Go ahead. Um. Well, I mean, this kind of makes sense. All right, so. Uh, new push. We it's we have a okay. I actually I'm gonna pull it up. I'm not forgetting. I just realized that there's one important detail that I didn't actually know. Part of the infrastructure bill. That's what it was. So part of the new of Biden's new infrastructure bill in the United States of America states that automakers must have a, a drunk driver detection system in cars starting as early as 2026 now our current drunk driver detection system is placed in your car uh when you are sentenced to doing this by a judge where to start your car you are required to uh blow on a breathalyzer and that'll start determine whether or not your car can be started uh and yes of course there are tutorials on youtube to cheat this and it's kind of funny but also kind of sad uh however the new technology uh that people are talking about has to do with like facial recognition and like uh how you're acting in the car and how you're driving uh which is stuff that like tesla has but it's a little much to ask for, say, like, Catrum. So. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I think not necessarily. A bit. Well, first of all, don't drive drunk. It's it's sad that this is even a problem. Uh, and there are people out there that, like, say they can a little bit. No, no, your limits. I'll say that as well. No, just don't even try it. <laughs> yeah, or that as well. It's not an or, just don't drive drunk. <laughs> yes. Um, also, Don't drive high either. I have a feeling that what they're going to do with this is they're going to have some kind of, like, exemption for certain car companies, like the EU does for their exhaust stuff. Uh, for tiny ones? Yeah. I, I'd hope. So, yeah, I would certainly hope, because developing AI systems to recognize drunk people is, like, multi-million dollar kind of expensive. And, and so I we know that most that. most of the car companies uh, in America would rather do anything else than, you know, buy the tech from Tesla. Yeah, also, I don't think they'd be buying it from Tesla. I'm not going to lie. I, you Tesla think the government the would only, mandate it? No, Tesla isn't the only people who have that kind of tech. That's <laughs> uh, true, I guess. Like, GM is developing uh, uh, drive, self-driving stuff. They have driver awareness yeah. technology. The rest of this it's article is just like, cruise or don't drive drunk, don't drive drunk. That's the takeaway from the story. You guys are the ones yeah. that made this a problem. <laughs> 
And now, yeah, now we have to suffer the consequences. Exactly. By the way, I can. I feel like it's going to happen a lot that people are going to get uh, drunk detected by their cars when they're not drunk. Yeah. I feel like, like it'll happen to me. No, just I feel like it could just happen normally. Understandable. But like it also, could just bug out. Like being tired does exhibit a lot of the same. Let's call them symptoms of being drunk, but also, I mean, admittedly, driving tired is also very, but it's not against the law. Well, yeah. So, um, we will see how that plays out. <laughs> you, you, you can't exactly go into a courtroom and say I was driving drunk and have that be your excuse. But you can't go into a courtroom. Not always, but sometimes they'll. It depends on the scenario, but sometimes being tired can be an excuse. Not really, but not not really it? to get you off the hook, but to like uh, negate things and make eh. you less punished. Sometimes, but sometimes, yeah, it depends on the outcome. Anyway, moving on from that. So, a couple years ago, and by a couple years ago, I really mean like five or six years ago. Um, Hyundai had a recall on some of their engines were about a certain safety issue with reliability of the engine and maybe the engine doing a little bit of exploding. Uh, and um, they didn't really do anything to fix it for quite a while. Uh, and then they did, but after a whistleblower told the NHTSA and the NHTSA was like, you guys have to fix this right now, do it. And as of about the settlement was a few weeks ago, maybe a year ago, I don't remember. Um, the NHTSA issued a $210 million fine Hyundai um, for not resolving that safety issue in a timely manner, which is actually a big deal in the auto industry, because like, the sooner you don't fix it, the more people could be hurt. Um, and Hyundai Kia has paid a total of $81 million now, you're probably wondering, why is this news? Well, it's because the NHTSA gave $24 million to the whistleblower who called out Hyundai-Kia after not fixing these issues. Um, I like the idea that they put him on a pedestal and said, This guy, he's the best! Everyone, put the cameras on this guy! Yeah, this guy! To be honest, that... I don't think they actually said who he was. They just kind of gave him $24 million and said, yeah, we gave the whistleblower $24 million. I don't. I didn't find any names or anywhere. Um, no, nah, uh, but it'd be funny. It would be funny. But what I did find was that the NHTSA is allowed to give up to 30% of a fine to the whistleblower if they provide significant evidence of wrongdoing, and they provide all 30% to this one whistleblower, which is kind of impressive if you think about it, because, like... Agencies like this typically aren't keen on just giving money away, but they did this time. So, and this is also like the first time this has happened, I think, ever. If not ever, it's been quite a long time. So, you know, very cool. Um, yeah, that's about that. <laughs> it's time to move on. Uh, yes, it is, in fact. Time to move on uh, to the new SP Chaos, or as I like to call this company, the uh, Spiros Pano Lopolos. 
Pyrrhus Yeah, that one. Uh, but anyways, if you have yeah. not heard of SP Automotive, SP Automotive is a supercar company out of Greece. So now you know why you've never heard of them. Uh, and yeah. they released a new car called the Chaos. This 3,000 horsepower beast uh, going for $14.4 million uh, is going straight up there for all the track time records, all the top speed records. You know this boy, boy's about to set it all, even though I don't think there's a built version. Actually, there is. There is, but I don't know if it has an engine in it. <laughs> it may. It, there's a built-ish. They have a show car that they can tow around. This 12,000 uh, revving RPM bad boy has itself a twin turbo uh, engine that's 4.0 liter V10. Uh, Ooh, we know that saucy. it hits we know that it hits 0 to 60 in 1.8, which while very fast isn't exactly like uh, Did you mention the horsepower yet? Yeah, 3000. Yes. That was the first thing I mentioned. I missed that. Oh, uh, you know what's, um, you know what's nuts though. What? This I I by the way I think one point eight is like pushing the limits of like actually physically possible on. Oh wait, tires. I just my brain heard two point eight, and I was like, that's no. that's pretty good, but it's not where it needs to no. be for like one point eight is like pushing the limits of physical rubber. <laughs> ah, well that's claimed. Um, I don't think they've tested it, but one point eight is the. That's I mean, we've seen 1.94 out of that one electric one from oh, the, yeah. the, the, what was it, Owl or something? I don't know. It's it the Owl S Spark. Yeah, the Owl S Spark. Yeah, Spark. that one. I thought um, it was Swiss. I thought that was a Swiss one. I thought it was a joint Chinese-Swiss thingy. Ah, uh, whatever. Could be wrong. Uh, a lot anyway, of things are joined with China is, now. It's the Owl S Spark does like a 1.94 or something like that. This would yeah. be beating that. And honestly, I do genuinely think they are pushing the limits of rubber at this point. Um, um, but we're going to advance beyond rubber very soon. Honestly, I kind of sense it. But also, uh, kind of side note on this car. Unlike a lot of, lot of hypercars, this car has a base model that has, wait for it, 2,000 horsepower. Yeah. Because their base model still has more horsepower than a freaking Bugatti Chiron. I saw the base model, and I was like, you can't... I... Eh. I didn't... Eh. Wasn't you, it, like, still $9 million or something? Yeah, it's, it's not six, really actually, model. I think. Oh, yeah, well, no, that's actually I, a significant decrease. That's... I, I would do that. No, I wouldn't. But, um... Well, mostly because I don't have the money. I don't have yeah. $6 million, let alone $9 million, let alone $14.4 million. But, yeah. um... Yeah, a couple more things about this car. First of all, it says it's going for a top speed record, but it has a lot of front. It has lit. It has like a triple trin of front yeah, diffusers. Yeah, if you look at the front, it looks like the front wing of an F1 car. You're like, wait a minute. It's like it looks like Don't it's going make a for cornering. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks, looks like, like it really does. The so whole car I, looks like it's going for cornering. I don't know why they said they, they that. Are they just kind of like saying we'll put enough power on it so it'll go fast? Um, if you want a short description of what this car looks like, well, first of all, just Google SP Chaos. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm gonna make sure that that's actually gonna get you the right thing. But uh, it should. No, but it, yes, it does. But uh, it more or less looks like a Ferrari Enzo. But someone went, "What if we made this look a lot more dangerous?" It does not look stable. It to me, it's for like summary. It 
something about it yeah yeah something about it to me says like over 150 this thing would be rattling and feeling like it's gonna fall apart something about it i just get that sense if you hit any kind of bump in it you will be destroyed in your butthole yeah because the suspension has to be so stiff for have to have that low ride height it's ow god damn uh yeah all right on well, to mercedes on to mercedes so um about a year ago mercedes had their own diesel gate scandal kind of in a similar vein to volkswagen's where they paid like 2.6 billion dollars in settlement with the epa because they claimed they were cheating emissions, which honestly they probably were. But they, um, a certain German news source revealed that there were eight, eight different defeat devices that were used um, on the Dieselgate stuff from pre. I don't. I don't even know how to phrase this. Like. Basically, there were eight new defeat devices that were revealed from the previous Dieselgate scandal. So, like, it, they weren't being used on new cars. They were being used in the old cars, but they weren't part of the original settlement. So, like, I don't know. It's kind of news. Anyway, the point is, Mercedes claims, as they did when they had the previous settlement, that the devices are simply part of the emission system and, like, not a cheat. They're just kind of there to make sure the emissions actually do their job, which, to be honest... I, I'm not I'm not like trying to say that the EPA doesn't know what they're talking about, but I'm also saying that like um I'm not I'm not trying to get too political here, but uh the EPA in twenty nineteen wasn't at their prime. Let's just put it that way. Um so it's entirely possible <laughs> these things were just part of an emission system and then they were like, Yeah, this is this is cheating. Um so I, to be honest, I couldn't tell you for certain because I don't have any of uh, parts in front of me. I can't see what they look like. I don't know. I probably could find it if I looked hard enough, but I'm not willing to. So, yes, yeah. we are not that, that high quality of a podcast. Yeah. Uh, you about wrapped up with Mercedes? I am done with Mercedes. Well, it's time to uh, get unwrapped and take off all your clothes because there's a new Ford Mustang GT500. Uh, this is one is, of course, <laughs> this one, of course, is the uh, Heritage Edition, which unfortunately does mean that this will probably be the last one, as both the 2017 Ford GT as well as the GT350 ended with a Heritage Edition, but. Uh, yeah, there's nothing else to add there. Uh, this is, of course, celebrating the 55-year anniversary of the original GT500, um, all the way back in 1967. Dang. 68. Uh, somewhere, somewhere in that ballpark. <laughs> uh, your math is a little off there, but... It's somewhere around there. It. Uh... When when do I mean? If you oh. take twenty one and subtract fifty five from it, oh, that's seventies, oh, isn't math, it? Can you? Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. 
Well, speaking of 70s, this car will run you around $76,000 and 800 extra dollars. Uh, uh, and, of course, you can get the hand-painted uh, blue with white stripe, I think it is. But it's like a light blue, because that's what it originally came in. Uh, for an extra $10,000, which is not very much. But anyways, this bad boy's rocking a supercharged 5.2 liter V8, making 760 horsepower and 625 feet pound feet of torque, which honestly is kind of eh uh, for a supercharged V8 of that size. By the way, can I just say real quick that um, we're both idiots? It's 1966. <laughs> Whatever. Is that 55 then? Because uh, that's, that's copy pasted. All I'm saying is, my father's 55 years old and he was born in 1966, so yes. Oh. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, uh, this bad boy goes 0 to 60 in 3.4 seconds, which is mighty quick for $76,000, I would say, unless you're an electric car, which this is the farthest thing from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of sad that this is probably going to be the last version of this vehicle. But, uh, it's definitely no slouch. I don't know. I think it could be better, but it's not awful. True. Well, speaking of combustion engines coming to an end, um, the COP26 Climate Change Conference, uh, in Glasgow, Scotland, uh, dramatically failed we'll call it like that um now this climate change conference was intended to form an agreement to stop the production and sale of fossil fuel powered vehicles by 2040 um we'll just get right into who signed it and why a bunch of people didn't um only six car companies signed the agreement to stop the sale and production of gas vehicles by 2040 gm ford BYD, which is a Chinese company, Jaguar Land Rover, Mercedes-Benz, and Volvo. Um, not the rest of Geely, just Volvo themselves. Yeah, also, Volvo. not Tata, just Jaguar Land Rover. Yeah. Don't know what's going on there. Anyway, the United States, Germany, and China all did not sign the agreement. Uh, and we don't have statements from the U.S. and China, but Germany said that there was too much ambiguity around what a fossil fuel was. Basically, they wanted um, clarification as to whether renewable fuels counted as fossil um, which is an important thing to clarify in this kind of, you know, agreement. But for some reason, somebody forgot to put that in there. And other automakers such as uh, like BMW and I don't remember, uh, my brain is gone. Anyway, uh, other automakers said that this, this actually, this statement came from an anonymous auto industry source. So we don't know exactly who said it, but they claimed they did not sign due to the demand that car companies spend billions developing EVs without any kind of demand from governments to develop EV infrastructure, which is a legitimate concern because, like, if you make a bunch of electric vehicles but you have nowhere to charge them, what are you going to do with them? So that is a very reasonable to not sign this kind of agreement. And if you think about it, 
the two reasons that people have listed so far are kind of really big oversights for a global climate change conference. Like, if you think about it, somebody just did a really bad job at writing this if they kind of forgot about some really big concerns yep. evol involving this kind of thing. Anyway, so I think it's time to move on. It's like that time when, uh, I don't know, I try to think of a time when we forgot about a, uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, me not knowing is kind of the joke there. Yeah. Um, speaking of I don't know, Apollo, everyone's favorite uh, successor to Gumpert. Uh, as you know, Gumpert and now Apollo is the German supercar manufacturer um, who, of course, uh, gave us such cars as whatever the 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 Intenza uh, Motion and then the other Intense one, the, the cheaper one. What was the cheaper one? I don't remember. Um, but anyways, uh, over in China, they they revealed their new Project Evo. Uh, it's a car that looks like the Bugatti Bolide, like a lot. Uh, there's literally not any more information out on it yet. We don't even know if Project Evo is the actual name. It tip probably won't be because Project is in it, and that's usually means that the name has not been announced yet. But yeah. just a little update. This very interesting car. Um, while this is a little sketchy, Apollo has brought us not sketchy things before, and especially Gumpert, with the Gumpert Apollo being that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see what's going on there. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Speaking of random things we know nothing about. The Lexus LFA. Coming back? Maybe? Probably not. Anyway, <laughs> there's Yay. been rumors of a new LFA being developed at Lexus with a 4 liter V8 engine producing 937... Horsepower. Heresy. Oh, well, the NSX did it, so I mean, it's only fitting that the LFA would do it too. But, but the NSX never was famous for its V10. The LFA was famous for its V10. I know. I was kind of disappointed when did I read the Did you hear that but... thing scream back in 2011? I did. I did. I know. I know. I know. I want the V10. That's besides the point. Anyway, literally, we have no other verification about this at all besides the fact that lexus said they might maybe might be developing a new lfa back in 2019 and there has been nothing about it ever since and somebody decided to post somewhere that there was a rumor about this being in development with very specific numbers the only reason we covered it at all was because they had really specific numbers and i was like maybe maybe it's credible who knows Anyway, um, real fast, uh, uh, sprint race for uh, for the Brazilian Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, it was a sprint uh, race. It it had literally it was just kind. <laughs> it was certainly something. Yep, the real race is gonna be a lot more interesting. I can just tell. I hope it yeah. rains so bad, but oh, not if it I, rains, that would be so epic. But not to spa level. Yeah, please no spa. <laughs> not, or not or do it. Okay, but actually, Brazil's a much safer track to like spin off on, so that they might true. actually do it. They might. Also, it's kind of up on a hill a bit, 
like yeah, if kinda. you if you turn at uh turn one and then instead of following the track just going straight down you'll like run down a hill oh well hopefully it has good drainage it, it, uh, it's a, actually I'm thinking about it, it's great drainage because it's literally halfway up a hill is where the track yeah. is All that's right. the best drainage <laughs> that is pretty good drainage All anyway right. 